Welcome back to New Rockstars, I'm Eric Voss, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker reportedly had its original script draft by previous director Colin Trevorrow leak. Then in those flames of those of us who prefer the fictional universe canon that exists in our heads to the one that Hollywood gives us. Like whatever he felt about The Rise of Skywalker. And I genuinely side with director J.J. Abrams that it's equally okay to love this film and to hate, 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 hate it. Isn't it thrilling to dance with the devil in the details of the different film that almost was? Deleted scenes, rejected concepts, the messy process of drafting a story with characters that have at most 55% popularity. Therefore, I will break down this alternate Trevorrow script for Star Wars Episode 9 for your viewing and maybe listening pleasure. Okay, here we go. This was initially shared with the world by a guy by the name of Robert Meyer Burnett on YouTube. His over two hour long YouTube video was broken down into excerpts that were posted on Reddit. And while at first this seemed like one of these impossible to verify claims, kind of like what we saw with the rumored J.J. Abrams cut, go watch my breakdown of that, but I won't judge you for wherever you land on this skepticism spectrum or any spectrum. Okay, so reportedly this draft was written by Colin Trevorrow and Derek Connolly, who were the guys behind the Jurassic World movies, really talented dudes, but after Trevorrow was announced to direct Star Wars Episode 9, he later parted ways in September 2017 due to what else creative differences and some conflicts over rewrites, and the studio ended up replacing Trevorrow and Connolly with J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio. And all four of these guys have writing credits on the final version of the film. But according to the source, the Trevorrow-Connolly draft was finished on December 16th, 2016, which was a week before Carrie Fisher passed away, and it was titled Duel of the Fates. Honestly, pretty sick title. The opening crawl would read as follows. The iron grip of the First Order has spread to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. Only a few scattered planets remain unoccupied. Traitorous acts are punishable by death. Determined to suffocate a growing unrest, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has silenced all communication between neighboring systems. Led by General Leia Organa, the Resistance has planned a secret mission to prevent their annihilation and forge a path to freedom. We would then pan downward to Kuat, a core world planet known for its shipyards that built ships for the Republic and later the Empire. BB-8 and Rose Tico, who rumor has it played a bigger role in this story, infiltrate a Kuat moon where the First Order built their ships using forced labor. Below is Kuat's orbital ring and another moon where Finn and Poe are. Rey joins them. She's disguised as a Tusken Raider <laughs> and she has created her own weapon, a double-bladed lightsaber combining her staff and Luke's split saber with its cracked kyber crystal. Their mission is to send explosives along a power shaft that delivers raw ore to the ring that would cause a chain reaction explosion. But of course, something goes wrong. The First Order contains the blast. A character by the name of Admiral Vaughn calls the resistance tactics pitiful. Poe, Finn, Ray, Rose, BB-8 steal an Eclipse-class Star Destroyer to escape. Then we see a ship called the Knife Nine containing the Knights of Ren. It arrives at Kuat and a character named Atsaka Ren kills Admiral Vaughn for his failure. Cut to Coruscant, collapsed from the vibrant city to a sprawling dystopian slum. New structures are built atop the old Art Deco edifices of the Old Republic. The First Order occupies this planet with a giant palace citadel. Citizens are scavengers. Hux is now Chancellor Hux. He addresses Bisk Kova, the traitor who helped the Resistance steal that Star Destroyer, and then Bisk is beheaded with a light blade guillotine. We then learn that the First Order has allies. Hux and Commander Selic meet with their warlords, sexually similar to the Imperial officer meeting in A New Hope. This council wants to know one thing, where is Kylo Ren? 
and Hux only knows that Kylo is seeking something of great power. And speaking of that devil, we cut to Mustafar. Kylo is accompanied by a mall-type droid. Kylo's got stubble, meaning he's been searching for something for a long time and going off most stubble grow time periods like two weeks. And most interestingly, Kylo is being hunted by Luke's force ghost. Luke says, this is where the dark path leads, an empty tomb. Kylo responds, where did your path lead? Luke tries to convince Kylo to return to Leia, but Kylo says, I'm going to be more powerful than any Jedi, even you. And I, I gotta pause here to highlight this. My favorite element of this draft, Ghost Luke haunting Kylo like Shakespeare's Banquo haunting Macbeth. One of my favorite moments from the final act of The Last Jedi was Luke's promise to Kylo. Strike me down in anger and I'll always be with you. And I just would have loved to see this old uncle, Jojo Rabbit, his nephew. But anyway, back to Mustafar. Kylo enters Vader's temple. And there he finds a Sith holocron revealing a hologram of Palpatine. Palpatine leaves a recording for Vader with a contingency if Luke were to ever kill the Emperor. Take the young Skywalker to the Remco system to see Torvalum, master the Sith, and my old teacher. And I loved reading this description. After scanning Kylo, the holocron explodes and releases red lightning, which burns Kylo, who screams. It's a true Mission Impossible self-destructing message, and I love that it waits until after it lets him listen to the message to explode. Okay, next, cut to Resistance Base on Kor Alaf. Leia senses what's happening to her son. Oh, God damn it, Ben, just stay out of your grandfather's porn box. And Chewie and Connix report the return of the Kuat team, landing their massive Star Destroyer on the planet. Ray uses a mind trick on the First Order officers that are still on board. Ray tells Finn that she doesn't feel confident in her Jedi training and that she's been having Kylo-related nightmares and that she can't explain the connection. Finn says, you have to shut him out. He can't change, it's too late. And Ray responds, it's never too late to change. You taught me that, Finn. The Resistance finds First Order weaponry on the destroyer, including tanks, ties, ATSTs, some purple stuff, but they don't have a large enough army to use them. Rey researches the ancient Jedi texts that she stole from Ach 2 to discover that under the Coruscant Jedi Temple is an old, old communication system called a Force Beacon that can signal 50 planets. So they plan to use this Force Beacon to reach out to allies, realizing that the First Order probably couldn't stop the signal since it predates Imperial Tech. And Rey says, Hope is all we have left. Ray trains with Force Ghost Luke. He's trying to get her stronger in the Force while he tries to push Kylo to let out his inner Ben. Inner Ben. Ray asks Luke, Balance? The dark suffocates the light. The light extinguishes the dark over and over and over again. How is that balance in the Force? And Luke responds, I know that anger. My father had it too. Ray snipes back. So says my master and his master before him. A thousand masters so eager to tell us how to live. And they argue with Ray insisting that she is no one. Her parents, no one. And Luke just tries to convince her that the force is still speaking to her. Meanwhile, in her band, Kylo returns to Coruscant. His face is all f***ed up. He was wearing Mandalorian armor that was melted and fused into his skin. Kylo confronts Hux and belittles him, saying he doesn't need titles and that the power he discovered will make destroying plants insignificant. And he orders Hux, find the resistance, wipe them out, leave the girl to me. Meanwhile, the resistance have split into two groups. Group A has Finn, R2, 3PO, and Rose head into Coruscant to activate that Force Beacon. Meanwhile, Rey, Poe, and Chewie head to some other planet to find someone. The description here is a bit vague from the leaker. Meanwhile, Leia stays home at the base. But before Rey leaves, she tells Leia that she believes there is still good in Kylo. Leia is skeptical, and she tells Rey, You're not like my father or my brother. You're new. Whatever happens, remember the Force chose you, Rey. Your story isn't written by anyone else. As Kylo leaves Coruscant, 
He takes Vader's mask, finally understanding his grandfather. You allowed love to cloud your judgment, he says, throwing Vader's mask off the balcony and shattering it. Now we move on to act two. Now, while I'm going through all this stuff, I often have to listen to clips over and over again to find those audio clues. And I need good headphones for that. When I'm on the go, Raycon wireless earbuds are my weapon of choice. And thanks to Raycon for sponsoring this video. Raycon earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. And they sound just as amazing as the top audio brands that you're familiar with. Celebrities like Snoop Dogg and Cardi B love their Raycon earbuds. And that's just one of the many, many things I have in common with Cardi B and Snoop. I have a set of their latest model, the E25s, and it's really their best one yet. With six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise isolating fit. It also comes in new fun colors. I wear these Raycon E25s while running errands and they're super comfortable and they sound great. The long battery life is really helpful when I'm in the 12 items or less checkout line behind someone with like 59 items. I don't get bad. I just keep listening to the Black Panther soundtrack and my Raycon E25 earbuds and everything is okay and zen. Just go to buyraycon.com slash newrockstars for 15% off your order or click on the link in the description below. Okay, back to the second act of Trevorrow and Connolly's Duel of the Fates script. The First Order tracks down the stolen Star Destroyer to Korolov and the Resistance has to escape. Team Finn infiltrates the Jedi Temple to turn on the beacon and we see various places around the galaxy receiving the signal, including a cameo from Bosk, the bounty hunter from Empire Strikes Back. But somehow the First Order cuts off the signal and the heroes have to flee into the lower levels of Coruscant. Team Rey and Poe are being pursued by the Knife Nine to reach the planet Bonadin, a little known planet first mentioned in the Force Awakens beginner game in the corporate sector of the Outer Rim. Here, Poe takes Rey to a seer who can pull information out of her memories. And he pulls a star chart from Rey's mind from her visions with Kylo. And then the Knights of Ren show up and fight Rey in a lightsaber battle. She defeats them and this group leaves Bonadin. Meanwhile, Kylo reaches Remicor and confronts Torvalum, who is a 7,000-year-old alien of unknown origin with a spinely body and intense sinewy muscle. Described as very Lovecraftian, Kylo trains with Valum. And there's a nod to the Empire Strikes Back cave scene where Kylo has to confront and fight Vader. And after a brutal duel, Kylo loses. So Rey using information from that star chart and Kylo using information from Valum, Rey and Kylo end up in Mortis. Now, Mortis was shown in the animated series as an ethereal realm within the Force. Outside of any star system, maybe outside the universe. It's a realm inhabited by the sort of holy trinity of the Star Wars universe, the father, the son, and the daughter. The daughter represents peace and creation, the son represents death and destruction, and the father keeps the balance between them. In the episode of the Clone Wars where they showed up, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka were brought into Mortis by the father because he believed Anakin was the chosen one, but Anakin turned him down. This led to a struggle over the dagger of Mortis that results in the deaths of the father and the son and the daughter, which in a way restores the balance. One older rumor about the Rise of Skywalker's early rejected plot surrounded actor Matt Smith, who was reported to have been cast in a major role, but yeah, he ended up not being in the movie. And one of the more common theories out there was that Matt Smith would have been cast as the son of Mortis. Anyway, in this Trevorrow Connolly script, Rey and Kylo battle in Mortis. They're using the force energy that they can pull from each other, and it's revealed that Kylo killed Rey's parents at the behest of Snoke. And in the end, Luke, Obi-Wan, and Yoda appear as Force ghosts to save Ben, but they fail because Ben is extinguished. While all this is going on, Leia has asked Lando to organize the smugglers to fight the First Order. Rose is captured and tortured by the First Order, but manages to escape. Then R2 and 3PO start a citizen's uprising on Coruscant around the First Order Citadel, and Leia joins this fight with her forces, 
resulting in a massive space in ground battle, you know, the two-front battle like the Battle of Endor. Chewie pilots an X-Wing, didn't know he could fit in one, and it all ends with, of course, the Resistance defeating the First Order. This leaker also notes that Han Solo appeared somewhere in the story and did confront Kylo at some point, and at one point there is apparently a visual of Leia passing a message on to BB-8, wearing a similar white gown and hood to recreate the famous image of her with R2 in A New Hope. Perhaps this was the closing image of the film, we don't know. Yeah, so we don't know how much of this script is legit. Yes, the AV Club confirmed Trevorrow and Connolly's with an independent source, but I do know that this story sounds pretty interesting, and it could have made a really satisfying episode 9. Like, I love the elements of the Force Ghost Luke haunting Kylo, the Coruscant Force Beacon, the Mortis sequence, and yeah, Duel of the Fates is a way better title than The Rise of Skywalker. Meanwhile, the Lovecraftian Torvalum Sith Master sounds a bit less interesting to me, and in my view, I like that Palpatine was brought back for this final chapter, even if it doesn't totally make sense, because at least it does elevate the prequels, it reframes the entire saga as the Palpatine saga, which to me celebrates the finest performer of these films, Ian McDiarmid, and it allows us to go back to the awesome ruins of the Death Star. That whole duel and sequence was one of the best things in this Disney trilogy. And I could also see a reality in which the Duel of the Fates version of Episode 9 could have gotten made, but then an equal-sized contingent of audiences were equally disappointed with that, so then they would grasp around online for a rumored J.J. Abrams Chris Terrio script draft that went unused, and then everyone considers that one to be so much better. Which version of Episode 9 do you prefer? This Trevorrow Connolly script we've been talking about, or the Rise of Skywalker we ended up getting? Comment down below with your thoughts and keep it civil. I don't know what it is about this topic, but people tend to lose their minds over it. Follow me at EA Voss, follow New Rockstars on social media, and subscribe to New Rockstars on YouTube. Be sure to hit that notifications button so you can get all of our Star Wars related videos. And a reminder that New Rockstars offers exclusive bonus monthly videos to our generous patrons. We recently made a breakdown of that church scene in The Kingsman, a full movie analysis of The Shining, the kind of videos YouTube won't let us release publicly on this channel because of, you know, the mature content and whatnot. But you can access all of it, plus a bunch of other bonus content we're making by supporting us on Patreon. And of course, thank you to all of our current patrons. Thank you for watching, and I guess we now have the Trevorrow cut on the hashtag release list. They didn't even shoot this version of the script, but uh, don't worry, the releasers are on it. Thank <laughs> you.